0: hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and ground and Lord of all. Every... Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Rambeck. And here it is just uh, Dave and I again doing this uh, cool video thing. And yes, it, we're on a Monday. You're listening to this or watching this on a Tuesday. Um, Stas quo, status quo. It's all right here in Tag Land. How's yeah. everything, in Kansas, man?
1: Man, things are good here. I've had a good weekend. Of course, it is Labor Day today. So that is always uh, a nice thing to be thinking about. As I looked through some of my Facebook memories, saw we started to promote our debate that we did with. Uh, JD Eberhart and I cannot remember the other gentleman's name at all, just about uh Gatto. which one was which uh was in
0: which, in which place that, that, that was at Atalos, right? Yeah,
1: that was in Drew. Atalos
0: Atalos. I'm at we a met, loss.
1: We met uh, Tim Carter for the first time mm-hmm. there at that debate, which was great. Uh, and, of course we're grateful he's been on our program multiple times. And then of course we promoted in twenty eighteen, I believe. It was our Think as a Debater workshop. Oh no, that was twenty seventeen mm. as well. I think it was a debater workshop. So we've just been doing yeah. this for a while. It's been fun. I mean it's kind of crazy how time flies, but it's a good reminder, you know, invest yourself in something do something for the kingdom. And that that's really what I think about. We weren't, uh, we aren't Johnny come lately's in this. We've been doing it now for uh, over five years, six years now, yeah. and it's been pretty cool. I just I always appreciate the feedback we get from people. Uh, it was so refreshing last Tuesday morning to get a uh, a text message from a guy who's listened to the program for a while. Actually, one of my former students, one of the very few individuals that was a debater at Midwestern Baptist College back mm-hmm. in 2009, and mm-hmm. so uh, he's one of my former students, and he listens to the program. That's been pretty cool, and even uh, as my semester started last week, I was able to send a link to some of my students on our discussion that we did on worldviews, and so we've been at it for a while, hopefully growing in the way that we've been doing things, and also just uh, allowing God to use us in our small, humble podcast to reach a few people for the good of the kingdom, for uh, for the glory of God. So, Small yeah, good. and
0: humble. Yes, sir. Well... Yeah. We'll get some uh, good little things out of the way because uh, things are heating up right. in uh, ministry land anyway. But first, uh, you've for the past uh, few weeks now, uh, you've seen the beginning of the show uh, talking about these things. But I just want to continue to hit them up this uh, coming Sunday, 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 Sunday. And that is the uh, 11th of September. Um, I will be up at uh, First Baptist Church in Camdenton, Missouri, and it's Apologetics Sunday up there. Rob Phillips is taking uh, the morning service to talk about apologetics in front of the congregation, and then I get to be there at 3:30 is when I'll start. I finally got a few little details from Cody Harlow up there saying that yeah, it's 3:30. There's a couple of songs we'll sing together, and then I've got from basically 3:30 to five o'clock, so um, ample time to sing ample time for me to speak and then hopefully, uh, definitely give a good, uh, Q and a time at the end. So if you guys are going to be there, uh, make sure you've got the good questions and stuff. And, uh, so I can help provide good examples of, uh, of utilizing the covenantal apologetic methodology, um, so that we can go out and preach the gospel, um, which is the main thing and is the power of salvation for those who believe in keeping the gospel, the gospel. And, uh, you know, you, you know, we like evidences around here, but you gotta be able to, uh, account for why those things, why facts are facts and evidence is evidence. So um, that's that's a big thing that's coming up um, again this Sunday, September 11th. Um, then we also, let me uh, get on here because we're still adjusting to uh, the new way of doing things. Um, we also have on October 15th, we have an awesome conference and I have uh, worked out some bugs. So now that you're seeing what you're seeing, you can uh, hold up your phone to that link and it will go to gtaacon.eventbrite.com where you can get your tickets. It's uh, $10 for the individual and $20 for family. Um, let us know if you need help. Where are scholarships available. We can uh, work with you on uh, getting you into the conference. But if you go to GTA, aacon.eventbrite.com. You can get tickets there for the Go Therefore Abolish Abortion Conference where um, we have, uh, where I'll be speaking. And then we also have Dusty Deavers, Rescue Those, Brett Baggett of Rescue Those. We've got uh, James Silverman of Free the States. And then uh, the big one, the big one, Bill Askell, is going to be there. And he's, uh, I guess, he's representing the Southern Baptist for abolishing abortion. So, And then um, we'll have a QA panel at the end there. And Wes Scroggins, which has been on the show, which is also the executive president of Abolish Abortion Missouri, he'll be on the panel as well. So that uh, hopefully questions will come up. What's going on in Missouri right now? And uh, he can fill us in on um, what we are doing as Abolish Abortion Missouri, what he's hearing from uh, guys like Mike Moon, what's going on on in the Senate and the and the House and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, well, just a really good time uh, making sure we've got uh, all that information out so that we can go abolish abortion, especially here in the state of Missouri. So, and and what is yeah. coming up
1: soon, be praying for Adam as he goes to the uh, resolutions committee and has his hearing before the resolutions committee. Hopefully I still have
0: not gotten an email from him. I've been watching, I've been watching. So if you are listening and you are on the resolutions committee, um, I'm not sure, uh, we've got people that listen. I don't know who they are, but if you're on the resolutions committee, please send me an email saying that you have gotten it and that you want me to come and defend the resolution on uh, the equal pre- protection of the law for our pre-born children. So
1: and I imagine it'll be early in October when you get that opportunity and I will be praying for you. I'm excited so for much you to get to go so to up. and defend that. That is outstanding, Adam. And yep please get yourself registered for that conference. It'll be a really good time. We are excited to get to be there. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to getting to hear some of these great speakers. It is incredibly important that we educate the church on why we are for the abolition of abortion, and that's exactly what this is for. There are so many good talking points, and there's still a lot of confusion among people in the church. We don't want abortion regulated. We want it ended and we believe very clearly that looking at the definition of man the biblical definition of man is the primary component of that so yeah we've got a lot yeah. of great stuff for you today
0: we've been yes but we got one days. more we got one more yes. thing you want to announce Sorry. it what's the one more thing that we have
1: oh goodness in the october debate. The
0: debate. there we go yeah. we got the debate we got one let see there's so much that we can't keep track of going well, on I had a <laughs> few different
1: people reach out to me and i might yeah. be able to come with a few folks with me from my church And I am cool. so thankful for that opportunity It will be really exciting Get to present yeah. and uh, allow some people From my church, hopefully here in Kansas To hear about the different positions And then to see Adam defend the right Position, but I guess yeah. I can I can Say <laughs> that, I mean I don't have to pretend like I'm Detached from it at all
0: <laughs> Yeah, But yeah, yes, yeah. so Dave gets to Moderate uh, me and Gabriel Zelaya and Colton Wright and uh, Dennis Jackson on what does the Bible Say about end times and that will be at the uh, St. Charles Convention Center during and this is just right the day the night before the uh, Missouri Baptist uh, annual meeting and so we will be in the junior ballroom C&D on the lower level of the Convention Center in Ch- St. Charles Missouri to do this so um, it's gonna be good again if you are just coming on here and you had not uh, didn't have any knowledge of what's going on we do have a few weeks back we had all of us uh, talking about the importance of eschatology and apologetics um, and it features all of of us uh, talking about it so uh, please after this episode go back into our uh, catalog and uh, either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app and uh, listen to that one too and get prepared. And again, always have a pen and piece of paper and always come with good questions on that. So this uh, this thing is free. Um, you can come, anybody can show up, there'll be snacks and all of these other goodies and just good time of networking and fellowship. Because remember, we're, we're, all, we're all gonna hug at the end. We did it last year, it's uh, my rule, because it's gonna get heated. Um, I'm probably gonna cause a lot of heat because that's what I do. Um, but, you know, it gets people thinking sometimes, but it's a brotherly heat, iron sharpens iron, friction creates heat, it's going to happen. Um, but we're going to hopefully again demonstrate another year where we can have differences, we can talk about them, and we can still be brothers in Christ. So, no divisions. So, yep, so that uh, it clears an it up. It's outstanding
1: debate. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to moderate this debate. Adam, I have moderated debates for you in the past, generally on mm-hmm. the podcast, and those are great debates and while you do amp up the heat, you do so in a charitable way, and I'm grateful for that because that is a good thing, actually, to be passionate about things that are true. The beginning of this is that it is, we're passionate about God's Word, rightly understanding God's Word, and that isn't something that we can somehow be uninvolved with uh, emotionally. Of course, as a Christian, looking at it from a Christian worldview, we don't just believe in emotions. We don't just believe in love. In being rotely stoic logically uh, we want to recognize that man is both emotional and logical and God uses his word and God uses preaching to get at both things with us so yeah and that kind of brings us to where we are in today's program which yes we have
0: some yeah so the cool thing is yeah we we, again we did some memes the other time and we're like man we haven't done memes all years so here comes another one so you know Dave has brought some stuff I've brought some some stuff. Um, so I guess uh, today's episode can be uh, labeled uh, Meme Theology and Tag transit Transgender studies. So a little bit. Of, again, we're coming together. This is in the formal podcast. We're dealing with stuff as it comes in, and then holding back some things just in case if nothing major um, to discuss had happened, like you know, within the past couple of days that we still have stuff to talk about. Help equip you. We hope that you are edified by this, that it helps, um, and that we're not hindering anything. But uh, I think uh, I think God has given us a wonderful discernment to be able to go. You know. Hey, let's uh, do what we do, and God will uh, take it, and uh, the results are His. So,
1: well, the reality is, as we move over to this first meme that Adam has prepared. One of our goals on the podcast is always to go back to the reality that we hold every thought captive to obedience to Christ. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people think, oh, man, I need to spend tons and tons of hours in trying to figure out how to respond to this or that. The truth of the matter is we have God's word. God's word is the ultimate standard of authority. And if we are familiar with God's word and led by God's spirit, we should be able to deal with things right on the spot we're going to oftentimes not be given this type of preparation to go into things so our goal is always to try to frame that idea of thinking from a christian world view thinking as scripture is the ultimate authority because it is gives us all the equipment we need all of the preparation we need and therefore we're able to deal with cultural artifacts and even discussions that occur around the the kitchen table or the dining room table at our house because we are, again, being sharpened daily by God's word, taking it in, using it as the ultimate standard of reasoning and authority. And so when things like this meme that Adam's about ready to put up show up, we have a way to respond to it. We have a method and we even have a system through which we're able to process what is going on. And this is something that every Christian should be well with with. It's not necessarily a formula, but it's a standard through which we can filter all pieces of cultural artifacts that are presented and given to us.
0: Yes, so basically, uh, with that said, we're going to head into the Meme Theology Studio. All right, so now we are in the Meme Theology Studio and this is a, a, a meme that actually came across my feed today and uh, I was looking at it going like hey, this is a, a definite head scratcher whenever you really consider so a lot of times we're not being critical we're looking at things and it definitely just like like uh, Dave was saying you know we have these pre-commitments we take them for granted um, and we respond just out, you know, off our hips because of what we already believe, and all this kind of stuff. So whenever some people might see this meme, you know and then for the uh, people that uh, are not on YouTube watching this, uh, it's a meme, and it's a person holding the sign, and it's you know, just centered on the sign. it says, our granddaughters should not have to fight the battles their grandmothers already won. Again, that is our granddaughters should not, and that's underlined, should not have to fight. The battles their grandmothers already won. Now, pretty vague if you don't have context. This uh, meme doesn't come out in a vacuum. Um, I don't think that uh, we are having a big fight these days. Over suffrage right now, I think uh, pretty much women get to vote. Now we can talk about intersectionality and those kind of arguments that kind of come up and you can be like, well, you know, we still have suffrage because we have, uh, you know, voting IDs that you need and there's poor people that can't buy a voting ID and all those kind of stuff or whatever. That's not the case here. So um, this meme doesn't come out in a vacuum. Um, If you go, this is from, I think the other 98% is their Facebook page. If you go there, the comments, what is it about? It is about abortion. It is about Roe versus Wade. So there is a context. There is a historical context in which this meme has come out and people are sharing and commenting on it. So we got to provide that. This is in, in response to Roe versus Wade. Our granddaughters should not have to fight the battles their grandmothers already won.
1: Well, there's an interesting little piece about this, just as a, if you were doing just a close textual analysis, is this actually true for all types of battles? In other words, number one, you have to recognize that we're presupposing that there is a gender binary here granddaughters, mm-hmm. grandmothers, obviously, male female distinction. That has to be at least understood in order for this to be true. So if Gender is a cultural construct, which is absurd, given that if you are a pure naturalist, every single type of uh – Every single type of species has male-female categories, right? So it's absurd if you're a naturalist to assume that there is anything more than male-female distinctive categories, a gender binary. Uh, There is no species that has any type of transitioning type of idea here when it comes to the reality that there is a male Female distinctive. Now, I have heard of some species that if there is not a male in uh, certain species, they somehow create a male. Like, okay, uh, I understand that there are some obviously way out there. Uh, outside-of-the-box outliers to this. But the reality is it's assuming that there is a male-female distinction. So then if you assume that the male-female distinction is true, is this true just from a close textual analysis, is this true about every single battle that a grandmother fought that granddaughters should not have to fight it? Well, wait a second here. If things like dealing with rape or if things like dealing with some type of adversity. A grandmother won some battle against some type of adversity. Her granddaughter should never have to fight that. That's not as a general category true, by the way. This isn't just some generic statement that can be applied to everything. In other words, there are certainly, I believe, battles that a grandmother won, whether it was for the right of her kids, right, that a granddaughter might actually have to fight. So as a whole generic category this is actually false because it doesn't apply generically to everything but again in particular to our cultural situation it's some type of commentary on the overturning of rovers weight. in other words, grandmothers won the right to choose whether they should kill their babies or not but little problem with that because if a granddaughter had a pre-born or if a daughter, had a pre-born child, the right to life has been won by the grandmother, and therefore, you're right, the child in the womb shouldn't have to fight for the right to live. 100% correct. But that's not the commentary that's being made yeah, here.
0: Yeah, so basically, you know, like my, my summation is, uh, so because of this, um, so our do- our granddaughters should not have to fight the battles their grandmothers already won, so that grandmothers, daughters, should be okay to murder granddaughters, declaring them worthless without their consent, superseding the granddaughter's constitutional presupposed natural transcendent dignity. Nice. Think about that. So, I mean, that's very smart. I've been thinking about this one for a little bit. I'm going to probably end up creating a a meme that creates that nice heat that I do. Um, But just think about that. So, um, whenever it comes to Roe versus Away, when it comes to the right to... Uh, to murder or uh, basically essentially says the state sanctions it's okay so the state is the authority that you're begging for the right so you don't have an inherent right for this you're actually fighting for the right you've won the right so the right is nothing that you had unless if you begged the state for it so you begged the state for it as a grand a grandmother and uh, they said here's your right you can do it so then Those uh, granddaughters that they're they're talking about, well, um, only a certain amount of them get the right because you've murdered a bunch of them. So why do you care about granddaughters whenever you're murdering them? And, uh, And then also, you've been declared the one that gets to be the arbiter of the truth of who a person is. So does now the state get to be the arbiter of who a person is? Does the mother get to to say who a person is or now our grandmother's begging their daughters and telling their daughters who a person is and who a person isn't so you've got which authority is it going to be we've got this uh this uh this dichotomy of of you know of individuals who are vying for determinative power over what something is so who gets to be the authority but then again this is a worldview that rejects authority Yes. Except for themselves. So this is what moral relativism is going to do. And this is why you end up actually having to fight battles every generation because of moral relativism. So it's your own worldview that ends up causing the fight from generation to generation because every generation thinks they're better than the last. (laughs) You know, so Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's an absurdity. But then again, if this is true, our granddaughters should not have the fight, have to fight the battles that their grandmothers already won so that grandmother's daughters should be okay to murder granddaughters, declaring them worthless without their consent, superseding the granddaughter's constitutional presupposed natural transcendent dignity. This is because, go back to Independence Day, we hold these truths to be self-evident. This is the worldview in which the Constitution was written. So again, just like this meme, you can't just let it be willy-nilly. It was not created in a vacuum. It was not shared in the vacuum. It has a historical context to make sense of why this person posted it and what it means. All right? So same with the Constitution. thing about that, the Constitution grants, it says that the Congress can't do anything. The judiciary can't do anything. The federal government has limits. All right? But it says at the same time, the worldview in which that was written says we hold these truths to be self-evident. They were religious now. Doesn't mean that they were consistently Christian, they could have been deist or whatever, but they're saying that we hold this as our religious commitment. Our religious commitment is that we hold these truths to be self-evident that every person has a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
1: But it's an incredibly...
0: As endowed by their creator God. So yeah, they didn't put Yahweh, they didn't put Jehovah, Allah, whatever, but It can only make sense. The Constitution can only make sense in a Christian worldview that there is a God who created, who has condescended and revealed himself to make himself known because he is so incomprehensible. We are finite. Right. And so, again, as I've said in the past, even the deist people that signed the Declaration of Independence and then our constitutions and all that kind of stuff, they bowed the knee to Jesus Christ to save their butts at the very minimum like Pharaoh did to let the Israelites go, to then change his mind.
1: But it's incredibly discriminatory. It's assuming that only grandmothers and grand can have granddaughters. In other words, what about the men who give birth? What about the men who have granddaughters, who mm-hmm. are identifying as men, but they're pregnant men? Because remember, according to the absurdity, men can have children too. So what about these men? Why are you uh, excluding them from this idea? Oh, wait, because you actually inherently know that only women can have children. And it's demonstrated right there. You can't even be consistent with your own thing. So when you provide this distinction, right, you're actually separating and you're actually discriminating against the pregnant men who want to have children too. What about them? Why don't they get a voice in this? See, you can't even be consistent with that. Or what about the grandfathers who identify as grandmothers who also have men who want to have children? What about them in this? You're, Mm -hmm. again, demonstrating a fundamental – this has no meaning unless you're going to be inconsistent with your worldview saying that men can identify as women and have babies and women can identify as men and still have babies. Again, incredibly – demonstrating the fundamental truth that there are gender distinctions and you cannot operate in any meaningful fashion without that reality.
0: Yeah, and so you you can't say this is women's rights. So bye-bye feminism. And then uh, you can't say it's men's rights. So you have to say birthing people's rights. Ah. Hmm, birthing people's rights. So there's still a distinction, a natural distinction.
1: So reread it in that way. Our birthing, birthing
0: people peoples should not should have not to have
1: fight, fight the battles their possible. birthing peoples already won. That's what it should say. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, yeah. you recognize inherently that you can't do that. And it doesn't yeah. make the point that you want, by the way, when you do yeah. that. So you don't yeah. do that.
0: Yeah. So, again, whenever you throw the tea into the mix and even the I mean, all the letters do not. So so whenever we're talking about this, we're talking about, um, again, just the, the dialecticism. Um, and that is a um, that is a philosophical veneer. Uh, 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 as the way you stick your pinky out when you drink a cup of tea, that's called contradiction. You're holding things in contradiction and tension. You're saying so basically you can't account for anything. You're admitting it. I can't account for anything. So I'm gonna hold this truth to be self-evident, which is your religion. So this is a religious thing. and But mm-hmm. you're not gonna clear the tensions because you can't. And that's only, and that's because you are rejecting God. You're rejecting his revelation. You're rejecting his definitions and his facts that he has built. And so you have lost any inherent um, meaning. And so again, where are you gonna go? Are you gonna go to your mom for your meaning? Are you gonna to go to the president, uh, judiciary? Legislator, you're gonna go to a king, a czar, a dictator. Like who gets to tell you who you are? And if it's you that gets to tell you who you are, are you just a not necessary being, and your existence is not necessary? Therefore, it's all contingent and arbitrary and irrational. So then we can't even. So see, this is why it's so important to have transcendent meaning. And again, why the Constitution. was made. This shows you the Christian heritage that everything that has come out, America is a reformation country. And yeah, we're going, we're swinging the other way just a, you know, a couple hundred years later and we're seeing, seeing all this and it doesn't make sense. And the postmodernism has uh, just held everything in contradiction. Right. And they're trying to gaslight people that are rational and wanting to be reasonable, trying to gaslight them, making them the problem. Because again, it's not them. They they are righteous in and of themselves, which is self righteousness, which is bad, by the way. Um, and we, the people that are are going to Christ because we know we're unrighteous, um, we're we're the bad guys. So this is calling evil good, and we're this is not a good place to be.
1: Amen. Right on. Yeah.
0: So I know. Uh, yeah, I think. Decimated that one. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and it's one of those things that again, if anybody's listening to this and they're not a believer in anything, there, there's always forgiveness. If it's called today, mm. um, there's always uh, repentance and forgiveness. There's no condemnation for those who come to the Father through Jesus Christ. And uh, we don't, we don't want to play gotcha moments. We just want to argue the arguments. We want to put what's out there. Um, as the foolishness that it is, to hopefully the uh, the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of you and shows you your sin, and that you come to uh, Christ um, humbly, and He comes to to you gentle and lowly, and 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 grabs you and holds you um, forever, and so you persevere in that. So you know there's. We're not meaning to this to be condescending and the rest of this program, because we're going to get into those same um, sort of things. Um, This is not to be condescending. This is not for us to be self-righteous. We are beggars who have found bread, trying to show you and give you a morsel of that bread, um, which, which is, you know, Jesus Christ, he is he is the living bread. So, yeah. So now, yeah, um, we can go on to the next meme that Dave has uh, provided. And uh, yeah, go for it, Dave. Describe it yeah, for our so listeners I, uh, that I cannot pop see it.
1: it up. So the meme that we have is actually a fairly classic picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking. In fact, as a child, I remember I had a great aunt who had this. I think it's this exact picture Of Basically, the very classical-looking Jesus uh, in his white robe and, of course, a red tunic over that. And then it says, as Jesus knocks on the door, let me in. The person inside says, why? Jesus says, so I can save you. The individual inside says, from what? From what I am going to do to you if you don't let me in. Now, multiple issues here in this meme that I think are incredibly important to— Recognize number one, where does this meme come from? Well, it obviously comes from the one passage in scripture that actually talks about I stand at the door and knock found in Revelation chapter three, verse 20. Behold Yeah, I there's stand there's another the there's
0: another instance where Jesus says, You know, I'm at the door, but he doesn't talk about knocking. So you know it's like, you know, when I'm at the door. Um, you know, if you see these signs, you know, that the time is here, I'm at the door or whatever, but that's not it. No, no, that we, we got to go to, to, uh, revelation three, because Verse this 20. is Jesus at the door and yeah. knocking. And so the text
1: there says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. That yeah. is of course, from revelation. So what often has happened and many people have seen this happen. Uh, in fact, I would say, uh, Frequently, I have seen it occur, uh, not ever under my dad's preaching, by the way, want to make sure I say that, but I've heard many evangelists probably use this towards the end of their sermon and basically say, see, Jesus is knocking at your heart here. He wants to come in. That's oftentimes the way that this passage is used, usually towards the end of a sermon. I've seen it from someone, I think I saw it from the same person that adam saw it from so the
0: idea is often <laughs> we, we were in the room together <laughs> whenever we saw saw that above the exit door of a building but yeah, we will not so get into that because <laughs> or so, moment. yeah
1: so the idea is often hey jesus is knocking at your heart this passage here in revelation applies as a general rule to everyone but adam yeah. that's not the case that's not so the I'll case but, it, but
0: yeah so the so the the big deal is whenever you see this that you're he's knocking at your heart he's knocking on the door of your heart wanting in and to live in your heart and save you and you're the one that's got to open the door so this is for one bad you know like Okay. We're Calvinist. Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah. this is just bad theology because is, is Jesus doing all he can do and then you, you get to reject him. No, but that's not what this is about. But it's a big deal to understand that because it's being shared that way. Um, Cause the big principle is that this whole Jesus knocking on the door thing is the person inside has never met Jesus has never had a relationship with Jesus. There's a disconnect. And so they're wanting you to go, well, this, you know, the people inside, basically jesus is uh, creating a problem to solve it yes right so he's saying like, that i'm going to create a problem. problem if you if you don't let me in i'm going to hurt you um but it's like wait i never know i didn't know didn't know anything prior to this and now you're coming in here and you're going to put this law on me and I'll, no no the thing is is that's what it's trying to project but if you take the imagery and match it up to where you find that in scripture. Where is Jesus standing at the door and knocking? Well, you go here to revelation three, where it's the only place you're going to find anything that resembles that. And there is a prior relationship. There is knowledge already. So it's not as if, um, the person had no knowledge that whoever's on the inside of that door has no knowledge, no relationship, um, with Christ. And then getting confronted with all this stuff, like, man, I didn't even know this happening. You're going to, you're going to know this is, that's the bad thing. This is what happens and makes things irrational whenever you eisegeet the eisegete something and to then emotionally switched, tug on here. people's hearts with bad theology.
1: Yeah, and let me uh, interject real fast yeah. on this. The issue that should be seen right out of the gate is that eisegesis of Scripture does not— just end with when you spoke about it. It actually has a greater impact. To properly Mm -hmm. exegete Scripture is to do a beautiful, glorious thing, by the way. But when you eisegete Scripture, there's more than just a short-term impact. In fact, it presents a bad theology that even atheists pick up on, because they're obviously recognizing this. Now, a few little issues here. Number one, for the atheists to make this meme, they first have to actually presuppose that the scripture is actually saying things that are historically and objectively true about jesus so they're actually taking that for granted as if this is something that jesus really said by the way so in order to make their meme work they have to presuppose that scripture actually accurately recorded something that jesus said now jesus did say these things by the way but revelation chapter 2 and 3 all the way down, yeah, chapter two and three are actually the letters to the seven churches, and that's where Adam yeah. is getting out. The issue is that what is being written as a message to that church is within its literary domain and context, applies to that church specifically, it's not a generalized thing that is going out to everyone. And when we don't take the time to actually look at Scripture in its historical context, in its literary category or genre, we've done a great disservice to our church. In fact, when you proof text this out, that's exactly what's been done to then apply this to salvation. Not only are you not applying this verse correctly, You're not actually drawing out the meaning, and you're actually Mm -hmm. skipping over what it meant as an actual historical letter written to the church there in Laodicea, because that's what's happening at the start of Revelation. There are specific messages given to those specific churches, and in fact, are you ready, this specific message does not directly mean salvation individually. And that's yes. the problem with
0: yeah. this. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things that uh, this is a past issue. Um, Jesus sent this message through John, as it says, whenever you open up Revelation, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him. So, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him. So, him, Jesus, God gave Jesus this revelation to show his servants what must soon take place. Be so, what see, soon. I love it must take place. um, And he made known by sending his angel to his servant, John. So that's how, this is how we can walk through the text and, you know, you fill in the thems and him and all that kind of stuff, because there's multiple characters here that we've got to keep in line and keep straight. So this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him, Jesus to show his servants, Jesus's servants, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant. So this is Jesus made it known by sending His angel to His servant John, who uh, who uh, testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now we go into these churches now. So if we're going to consider the churches, we have got to consider what John saw before. He heard a voice. He saw. Someone walking through these lampstands, holding some stars in his hands, and then those get explained, right? And so those stars are the angels of the seven churches. They're the sent ones, the servants here. And so whenever we do get into chapter three of Revelation, it's the letter to Laodicea. It says, I write to the angel of the church in Laodicea. So is this an angel or has something already prior been explained? This is a sent one. This is the elder. So this is to an elder in a church, a real church that was around at the time. And again, I hold that Revelation was written before 70 AD. Um, and it's only a uh, bad presuppositional historicism that has led to the fact that we think it's written in 90 or whatever. And it's then the domain of Domitian and all that kind of stuff. Or, or even later than that, because, you know, Jesus can't, uh, You know we can't have miracles happening but then that's a bad presupposition that kills miracles from the outset and you can't fight miracles can't happen because they can't happen and is the circular reason argument but anyway this was written um, to the angel of the church in laodicea thus says the amen the faithful and true witness the originator of god's creation That's talking about christ here um i know your works that you're neither cold nor hot and i wish you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. So what's the problem? There's a prior relationship here. So what does this meme show? Doesn't give you any sort of prior relationship. It's just Jesus coming in, knocking on the door, creating a a, a problem to then solve it. That's what they're doing. but no, there's a prior relationship. I know your works. He knows them, and uh, they are hot and cold hot or cold means that they had a prior relationship. So, you know, heat is kind of like, you know, healing cold is like a refreshing sort of healing. They're not healing anymore in the hot sense. You know, like you're not icy hot, you know, you're not, uh, I to dull, the pain and <laughs> I forgot what Shaquille O'Neal says there, uh, what the gimmick is, but you're not hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. warm. You've got a problem and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. If I, if you stay that way for you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy and I need nothing. So, they're, they, we're in a relationship, and he's saying that uh, you have basically gotten rid of me for your money. You don't need me to save you. You don't need me for anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. And I advise you to buy from me gold refined and fire so that you may be rich. So, again, different riches here. White clothes, so you may be dressed in your shameful nakedness, not be exposed and the ointment to be spread on your eyes so that you may see Jesus is wanting to heal them. And again, this is in the context. If this is a church, these are people that have heard the gospel, have been in community underneath the gospel, and they have lost their zeal. They have filled their, just like we do still today, we still will get on fire. Sometimes this is what happens at camp. You get on fire for Jesus and about two weeks later, you're back to your normal self. Because you lost your emotions, so this is just like the 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 uh, we met together for a summer camp church, okay, that that kind of idea, and they've they have uh, not thought about Jesus, and they've went back to worldly things to make them feel better, and they feel cool with just that, and they have lost Jesus. So again, there's a prior relationship. Jesus is forced out of the relationship, mm. and so he's saying, um, you know, I want I want to heal you. Basically, and he says, "As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline." So mm-hmm. this isn't a judgment. This is, you know, we know that Jesus, if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation, as I've already said. Um, but He still disciplines them because if He doesn't, then th- then we are illegitimate children. It says in the scriptures that if God would not discipline us, we would be illegitimate children. But it's the fact that we, He loves us. He doesn't want to see us going astray. That He Disciplines us just like we discipline our kids whenever we see them about ready to touch a stove or run in front of a car We are going to end up doing something that's probably not going to be pleasant for them But we're going to do that to go. No You're going to get hurt. You're not you're not aware, but since this is Jesus doing that same thing. He loves us He rebukes us and disciplines us. So be zealous and repent. He's asking for repentance
1: the reality is Jesus doesn't have to say, let me in. In fact, it makes yeah. it very clear in Revol- in Roman 9, Romans 9, 18. So then he has mercy on whom he wills and hardens whom he wills. Then verse 20, who are you, O man? To answer back to God. Well, what is molded? Say to its molder, why have you made me like this? It's very clear. Jesus doesn't just say, "Oh, oh, please, please let me in. No, no, no. Jesus no. saves unconditionally. He opens men's eyes to see salvation. Even my Armenian friends, while they might look at this slightly different, they're going to totally reject this. This is not a, a Calvinistic idea mm-hmm. here. This is actually a good exegesis idea here. And here's yeah. the other thing. Are you ready? People don't want God's mercy. They want God's wrath. Instead of this idea of from what? No, no, no. They love being in God's wrath. They hate God. They're opposed to God so being, to say, I'm going to save you from what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. No, actually scripture says that you're under God's wrath. John three thirty six. the wrath of God dwells upon them. They're already in condemnation. Yeah, That's the reality about this. This is incredibly ignorant here. Jesus, number yeah. one, doesn't say let me in. Number two, there is no passage in Scripture that indicates anything like this is a, is going on. And Jesus doesn't just say, oh, so I can save you. No, no, no. Jesus brings about salvation not for your benefit, but for God's glory and your good, but yeah. not ultimately so that He can say, oh, that's that's one that I I saved. Oh, look at me. No, no is. I am saving them to glorify the Father because they have been created in such a way. They have been chosen, as it makes it very clear, that God has created them as a vessel of mercy, not a vessel of wrath. And so this type of interaction does not and is not presented anywhere in Scripture.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the the other thing is, you know, just to add to that, you know, the fact that there um, is a prior relationship, there's knowledge. Mm, Yes. The Bible says that we all have knowledge. Amen. And so, again, it comes down to the fact that we are already born responding. We know mm-hmm. uh, you can look at the Enlightenment. And they could say, well, you're not born with categories and you gain categories over time. That's empiricism. And it led people to utter skepticism because to answer the question of empiricism that all all uh, knowledge is gained by experience is to you have to have all experience to be able to even make that claim about uh, that knowledge claim. Right. But the fact is, the Bible says that all men know God is shown all men and it's evident by all of creation since creation and we are all rejecting him and not giving them glory that he deserves for who he is by virtue of who god is and so there's already prior knowledge there's already a prior response and so you can't do this um, with the, cause what this is trying to do is try to get you like, oh, the people didn't know about it before until Jesus knocked on the door. And then he's laying it all out and creating a problem that he's, you know, and then it becomes mobster Jesus, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's not it. But that I understand that's what you feel about him because you don't want to repent. But then again, at the same time, this is talking about the context of a church the context of discipline. They are children. And he says, um, I'm standing at the door. So whoever opens it up, I will come and eat, sup with them. So there is a reconciliation, um, and a disciplined relationship with Jesus. So we're, you know, again, we will end up, hopefully that person will end up being with Jesus. He'll be warmed and he'll be cooled and, uh, he won't be lukewarm anymore. And he'll be able to go out and be the disciple to be healing as the church is, um, the healing, as we apply the healing to the nations, um, which get to the, into revelation for that and that's why you need to come back to the debate uh, right. <laughs> at uh, the end of right. October I mean, anyway yeah. so but anyway yeah so just uh yeah just yeah that's that's one I'm, I'm not sure if we've ever dealt with uh, that one on uh at all I know yeah, it's something that I mean, you, you and me have definitely like seen yeah. and we really really do not like the use of the whole Jesus knocking on the door meme um, for its normal, uh, its normalized uh, context and what it's used for. But I'm glad we finally hit that one. So thank you, Dave. Yeah. For that meme. So.
1: The next thing that we kind of want to move over to is obviously we're leaving the, mo- the meme studio and we're going to deal with some videos. Now, the reason that i want to deal with some of these videos today is because it's been a little while since we've actually really talked about what is known by many people as the trans movement now many of your kids are going back to school at this particular point if you don't homeschool them they're going back to the top public school to the public arena one of the things that i think we have done fundamentally as evangelicals is our approach to the trans movement has been incredibly problematic By that, I mean, we try to rationalize with these individuals. But the reality is, this is not just a little change. This is a worldview and a religion. And no longer should we, again, refer to this as the trans movement. It's actually the trans cult or the cultic trans movement. And I think that the, again, the problems with this it, are, are seen in, in some of the videos that we're going to be dealing with again today, because these individuals don't want to rationalize. They don't want to have engaging conversations. So how are we going to deal with them? And to demonstrate some of that, I wanted to show just a little bit of a video and uh, Adam and I can kind of pause and stop and, and deal with some of this, but this is certainly a mindset and a worldview that is mm. overwhelming That at the end of the day, wants nothing but to destroy and be the loudest voice in the room. And any type of rejection of this totalitarianism is going to be seen through the lens of, you horrible person, you're trying to push your ideas on me. So here's one mm-hmm. of the first videos that I wanted to deal with on this concept.
0: gender neutral pronouns. Nobody said that the gender binary was easy. These are not my preferred pronouns. These are my pronouns. You will use them.
1: So the first mm. little piece there. Now notice she begins with the gender binary. Whoa, 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 whoa. Step back. There is no gender binary. Gender is a construct of a social construct of human yeah. beings. So here's mm-hmm. the other issue. You have to adopt my view of reality in order for me to function otherwise you're a horrible hate-filled person now notice how incredibly kind this person is there is no yeah. would you please refer to me in this way in fact i actually think uh, obviously we do ask people and i don't think that it's incredibly evil to say hey would you refer to me in this way we do that all the time but in asking people to refer to us in a specific way, we're asking them to refer to us in real categories, in actual reality. We have a view of reality that things are as they are. Right, it's an experiential view, obviously, of the world. Now, notice again, there is nothing about this that is actually trying to make any type of categorical distinction here. What we mm-hmm. have is you will do this because I said so.
0: Yeah, and that's the that's the that, that's the thing. Is so, I why do you get your view and I don't get mine? So this is the problem of relativism, is i have a view i have um uh, meanings that i have attached to things that are mine so why can't i have mine for you um can you have yours for me um you know but so it's like well you she, she might come back well if you use he him then i will use he him and all that stuff and i'm like well what obligates you to actually do that like i understand you might want to and you might be cool with it, but, you know, the thing is, is if I have my view, um, if I utilize pronouns for you that don't agree with what I believe about you, that, that makes sort of like, that gives me the cognitive dissonance and all that stuff. And, but the thing is, is why are you imposing you upon me? And so that's the problem with this. Like we got incoherent particulars. We're making our own little realities here. What is the cohesive nature that would obligate you or obligate me to you. So what, by what standard, what are we gonna do? And if you say that you will use them because I will make you then might makes right. And then you're the, just like the other side that you are complaining about that Which this might makes right mentality right. has has squashed um, this and made this gender binary that you so much hate. But then again, you're utilizing Might makes right against might makes right, but you haven't actually discussed truth. You haven't discussed anything. So you're just, it's just a big war. Is all yeah, it
1: the total- is. The, the totalitarian mob mentality will permeate. It's not done. Like, Christian, you are going to have to deal with these types of people somewhere. Mm-hmm. You might lose your job as a result of it, but this is the no hold barred, no prisoners taken, only mutilation of everything else because this is the mob and we say you have to do it. This is their mentality. Will
0: not refer to me
1: at all. If you misgender me by mistake, Fix it and move on. If you misgender me by according to what according to you, see, here's the problem with your changing gender, it can change whenever you want, therefore, you can only be like, For this time, I prefer this label for this amount of time. Well, wait a second, wait a second, that's always changing, always arbitrary. There is no point where there's a standard for what we can actually do, so you can take offense no matter what anyone tries to do that's the absurdity of it
0: yeah so we want to explode gender binaries but we want to be gendered correctly again it doesn't even make sense it's a self-refuting thing either gender binaries exist and or they don't and so you know i just say hey you and that's a very unmeaningful hey you about that because I don't even know who you are, but yeah, if it's based on what you tell me, then okay. You have to be like, if you see me instead of me saying hi, I have to wait for you to go like, say hi to me. I am this right now. And then I'd be like, hi, you're, you're the, I don't know. This is so absurd. I can't even grasp it, but how am I supposed to know if I can't look at you? Um, I just yeah, I just I just wait and then I don't know. I just
1: <laughs> such a loving totally and killing conversation. Movement. watch the loving yeah. and accepting movement here sorry. so no forgiveness, no forgiveness. there is once you've done this, you're evil, you're wicked. there is no reconciliation. there is no forgiveness.
0: yeah, just I think don't do it.
1: Moreover, if someone else
0: misgenders
1: me, it is never your job to tell them that it's okay. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. If someone else misgenders you, it's never your job to tell them that it's okay.
0: So, so okay. So, I'm standing next to her. I'm just going to say it. Her. I'm standing next to her, right? And then you were to come up and say... Um, something masculine. So you thought that she wanted to be masculine. So you said, what up, dude? And you're very masculine. I I am female right now. I can't go. Um, Hey, Hey Dave, it's okay. It's okay. No, no. Only she gets to do that. He, well, you know, whatever at the time, whatever. So it's, it's one of those things that she gets to be, um, the master of her universe inside her head and in her bubble. Um, You come into that bubble wherever the distinction line is and, you know, like, like nobody can speak for her. She only speaks for herself. And um, she can take so again, yeah, whatever so. she
1: wants, whenever she yeah. wants. So you can't even help her. She wants, she's a victim, yeah. victim yeah. of you and your desire to actually engage them or engage her in a conversation.
0: Yeah, Yep.
1: Of the gender spectrum confuses you, and that's fine. But if you- it, it confuses everyone. It confuses yeah. you. You can't even.
0: There's uh, no rational behind why. it, so it's incoherent. So, like, what am I supposed to even understand about it?
1: Why would you even worry about being logical or anyone being logical? Yeah. You've thrown it out the door. This whole movement has thrown it out the door. All that exists is, and I love how you said it might make right, mob mentality, totalitarianistic mob concepts you do what i say and you want yeah, this, this might way. be
0: yeah but then again i mean we we sold this back in the 90s with the you know the the marketing to join the army the army of one <laughs> that is, that's one thing i never understood but now you've got this army of one mentality um i i am i am and we're, we're, we're to that new age esoteric i am the i am i am yahweh this is what you're yeah
1: this is cultish this is a cultish concept. This is a religion. This is a world view, and it's an inconsistent one.
0: Yeah, and it's antithetical. Bingo. Don't, don't. Bingo. Speak on it. My
1: name court. You this? all right. So, yeah. just wanted to introduce you to this concept because we're going to be dealing with some of this, and I wanted to lay the framework. You can see very clearly that this type of thinking this approach to reality is not just a community it is a total world view it is a religion that's why we say the trans cult that is exactly what it is and if you will try to reason with these people if you will try to present time-tested logical discussion with them they're not interested in it this lady was not interested in any type of reasoning it was you do you do you do and you do because i command i am in charge
0: yeah so the big thing is is like you know you got to ask the question why should i feel guilty if i don't do this Mm. right so that's that's a big thing that comes up why should i feel guilty and so if you if you were to feel guilty um and shame because uh you've got to address people but you you're struggling right um why should you feel guilty calling whoever whatever um so you see somebody looks like a girl talks like a girl whatever and you go hey ma'am and they go they turn around and then they guilt trip you going i'm not a ma'am i'm a man today or i am a unicorn, dog. just whatever, you know, just yeah. w- whatever they want to call them, because that's what they're they're saying. There's a spectrum, and you can say whatever you are, and I have to respect that. Okay, by what standard that connects me and you? Um, what what is in between us to go? You have to um submit to this. You have to to call it kind. To be able to even call it kind and that's gentle. Right describe, you have to have a standard to be able to go. What is gentle? What is kind? What is hateful? What is forceful? Um, And so we have to have that. Or if there is not, if it is just, well, I don't have a standard. It's just other than me. And I'm going to uh, be mean and belittle you um, because you didn't bow down to every one of my demands. um, Yeah. You, again, there's no reasoning, but you have to be able to sit back and go, and hopefully you can gently talk them down. Somebody might at some point um, be be square with you and frank with you enough to be able, to like, here's here's my thing, like here's here's me. So can I speak for me? <laughs> there has to be a standard because I I, I can't feel guilty.
1: The reality is <laughs> about this. they'll say you have to do this because that's how you show me love. Mm-hmm. Again, you say, according to okay, what definition love? do I show you love? I don't accept your presupposition that the greatest thing for you is how you feel. I don't operate that way with anybody, by the way. We never operate that way with our children or with someone who's going to say, I'm going to kill myself today. Well, you might feel like that's a good idea, but guess what? It is the ultimate way to end any type of human flourishing. It is the Mm -hmm. ultimate way to destroy yourself. So, I am not going to clap my hands at whatever you think is best for you. And I'm not going to jump into the delusion that you have created because you can't cogently or consistently define even what it is that you want. What brings you happiness? Well, it changes all the time for you. Therefore, Mm -hmm. how am I going to at all, again, put forward any type or advocate for any type of human flourishing when what you're doing is number one, creating. Uh, A position in your body where you're telling it to do something that it doesn't by adding chemicals to it in a way that is actually destructive, your risk of, again, committing suicide is exponentially greater. So you destroy your physical body. You give yourself a greater risk for killing yourself or for ending your life prematurely in some way, be it through drug abuse or alcohol abuse or something else, all of those things. So I'm not going to adopt your idea on human flourishing. But here's why this is so important, and this is why I actually wanted to even introduce this topic, because while you're going to run into people like that, the reality is your children, if they're going to the public school, are going to run into people like this next individual in this video. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to share with this and offer some ideas of, of what parents should do, can do, and I believe uh have the ability to do to deal with these types of situations and uh so i'll play the video and we can kind of stop and start through it and adam let me know if i stop or start mm. let me know when when to start if there's something you wanted to say so i'll yeah, let right. this uh, i'll let this uh, individual kind of share their position and a lot of other teachers on tiktok were wondering how i managed coming out to my students uh and it- okay so as you can see mm. There is a perpetuation of this idea through a mediated framework. Here's the number yeah. one thing. Parents, do you know what your children are consuming regarding social media? What apps yeah. do they have? How are they engaging people? What? How active are you? Here's the thing. Um, When social media becomes something that is in your home, when you get a device with your child on it, we can see that multiple worldviews are now entering into the mind of your child. Multiple worldviews are now being argued for or advanced in the mind of your children. How have you prepared your children to deal with that is a major thing. But likewise, this is an adult who is on TikTok with your kids, by the way, and also they're in your school. And so now someone is asking this. This gentleman, how he came out to everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's also and so uh, it's going to go into the school. And so the big thing is we have to have the conversation. We can't shelter our kids. Um, We can we can put guideposts on our TV programs all that kind of stuff we we don't our kids just blindly come to but we need to make sure that uh, their structure and a place to talk and go like here's what here's reality here's what's really going on out there um here's how we should process this here's how so we need to again our kids become um the 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 disciple that the disciples that god has given us um as parents um instead of going out and being and, and grabbing people and talking to people no he god goes here you go. Here's a couple. You know, Like I got a couple of disciples to make. Right. Um, that, that's the big deal. And so yeah, we need to have these conversations and we can have these conversations. It's just, you know, you got to we got to be the good parents to be able to do this, because the environment that this is happening in is only possible because parents give up that's their right. authority. They give up um any sort of uh, care for their kids because well for one you know you might feel that you uh wouldn't be a good teacher but you know I'd, i'll always go back to uh rc Sproul jr's book when you rise up he's like you know are you qualified to be a teacher and to teach your kids well um, go up to a room in your house open the door is there a kid there sleeping yep, yep you're qualified because god gets to tell you you're qualified he will open the womb he will give you a kid he has supplied you with your his word he has given you everything um, for life and godliness, the second Peter. Um, one states. Um, So you rest in the promises of God and you teach your kids um, so you can have these conversations. And we also have a church with elders and all that kind of stuff to equip us to be able to have this conversation. So please don't shut your kids out and uh, keep them from this. We don't have to shelter our kids. They can know about this, but we need to teach them as soon as possible from a Christian worldview why this is right, why this is wrong, and how we engage it to, again, love them the way that Jesus would have them love have us love them. Not the way that they want us to love them, but how he would want us to love our enemies.
1: That's right. Well, and, and this is the thing. Parents need to be having Christian worldview discussions with their mm-hmm. children. When a child brings home a short story to your home and they're going to do this as homework, if they're going to public school, ask them, well, what worldview does this derive from? What are the positions that are being advocated about who humanity is, about what's wrong with humanity, about how that can be fixed. Like those things are are just exactly what you what is the presupposition on who is man? Uh, Mm -hmm. What is wrong with man? How does that get fixed? These ideas are going to be perpetuated. Now, for this lady, what's wrong with man is, well, specifically to her, what's wrong with her? She feels like she's a woman when she was born a man. Interesting. Okay, so your ultimate authority there is what? Ah, your ultimate authority is how you feel. Well, that doesn't operate in every single situation. I promise you, you're inconsistent with that. But let me hit play on this video as we work through it, as yeah. uh, he tells the story about how um, he presented to his kids that he was trans. Pretty interesting stuff. This is way before the pandemic. I came back to my school after being away from it for a while, during which time I transitioned. So here's the interesting thing Did the school yeah. give him this time off? If so, it was on your taxpayer dime. He was hired to do a job. Now, if he took his vacation, guess what? The school still had to pay for someone to be there as a substitute. Thank you. You yeah. contributed. Well,
0: this is a, uh, He's saying that it was during COVID. So there was the lockdowns and all that stuff. So this oh, transition right. happened over COVID. Um, so, I mean, that was a good long time to go through processes and all that stuff. So, you know, you... Uh, yeah you you're underneath the teaching of this teacher for a long time um dressed up as a man all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden it's come back and wait a second are you the same person um what's going on here and that's what the kids are getting confronted with is like okay you, we did not see you for however long that the schools were shut down or whatever in the area um and then now you're back and you transition to this and so it does make a big, major impact on kids. They're going to ask questions, um, and uh, where should this again, where these discussions take place? If uh, again, if somebody can't come out and say that they're a Christian from the um, desk of a classroom or have an assembly of, you know, I I I I went on a uh, summer missions trip, and uh, I wanted to tell the kids why i'm totally a different person i'm happier because they're going to ask questions on why i'm treating them better Um, let's have an assembly where i tell them what happened to me um, on this missions trip um, about how i met jesus you know can we have that in schools
1: (laughs) but here's Hmm. the thing what are the ultimate standards and this is why we can make the argument that this is a religion The idea is that there is a definition of man that I can make up. I have Mm -hmm. and I am the ultimate definer of who I am. Now, here's the other issue. If that is what I'm going to share with my students, how man, how humanity should operate, therefore I am making a religious statement about my being. And I am saying that I am more than just the material reality that I am. I am a spiritual being, and I feel this certain way, and I'm going to match physical reality with what I believe is my spiritual reality. Therefore, I've defined man, I've defined human existence as more than just physical material. I've defined it as something that is both physical and material. Therefore, I've made a religious statement.
0: Yeah, and then you got to account for this spiritual um why are you changing your material? Why can't you just uh, live as a spiritual being um, trapped in a body that you're trying to get out of it and become a Gnostic? How about that? You know, that's been around. That has some history to it. Why not? You know, um, but that, that's the thing. Count, account for being a spiritual being. Account for being having this dichotomy because um, basically you're just saying that your neurons are firing this certain. Again, I'm I'm fizzing male and fizzing female whatever that is, you know, I'm fizzing Christian, I'm fizzing atheist, you know, again, like it comes down to that, that same old, uh, um, the Doug Wilson, uh, uh, then this is a repackaging of that anyway, but, you know, Doug Wilson, if we're, if our, um, what's going on in our brains is just a chemical reaction to the environment pushing down on us, right? Um, and we're just matter in motion governed by time and chance okay you take a bottle of dr pepper you take a mo- bottle of mountain dew and you shake them up and then you open up the caps and then you get the reaction right okay which one's true <laughs> which one is true they're just fizzing that's all you are um so why does it even matter like you can't even right. again you can't say like why does this matter why why does the impact that the kids have why does that matter like why are you concerned because they're going to have their beliefs. And guess what? You can't change their beliefs because they can't change your beliefs. Again, there, there's a wall of separation between each and every person. Whenever you have this as like the, I am mentality. Um, again, you make incoherent particulars yet. You're going to, uh, keep on appealing. No, you have to do that. Oh, I do. That's not my belief. I mean, that's your belief about you, but what's for you is for you. and What's me for me. And I don't have to like what, what you are and you can't, there's nothing transcendent other uh, some uh, mob government um, that you're going to make bow to you and they're going to, you know, want your votes and your money. So they're going to they're just going to go for you for a time. And then, you know, you start. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, is somebody's going to end up being sanctionedly murdered <laughs> yeah, right. um, by this anyway. So, again, you can't get rid of violence. Um, this is that's just this is not the reality we live in.
1: So here's the interesting thing. What's going to happen next is he's going to tell you about how he was able to utilize the school as a means for him to propagate his religion. Mm-hmm. The kids knew me as trans, but I wanted to talk about it. So what I did is as soon as I came back, I joined up with the GSA, realized how many questions the kids had, and decided the best thing to do would be to host a Q&A. So the kids made up a whole bunch of flyers, and then one day during lunch, we hosted the Tea Talk. It was a triple entendre of tea as in trans, tea as in spilling the tea, and tea as in we literally served them tea. My name's important. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting there. So when he came back, he decided that he was going to utilize a school classroom during school time. To allow students to propagate and promote a dialogue where he was going to rationalize his behavior before the students. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was going to defend his worldview and his position on man and redemption to a bunch of children in the school yeah. And during school time with government funded courses, work GSA Grace Gay Straight Alliance, uh, which is yeah. interesting on how anyone can be gay with gender not being a binary thing, by the way,
0: just. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, you put all the letters together and they're, it's they're again, they're in a dialectical tension to one another. And they are, they're, all they're wanting is to come together to force people into one certain position. And once you get that, how is there, there, there is no way to then continue on once they get what they want collectively, their their shared goals. Once they get what they want, what are you gonna do once they get what they want? Because they're gonna end up splintering. That's what intersectionality does. Mm-hmm. And so then, then there's gonna be, well, um, there's gonna be w- one of those letters is gonna rise to a little bit more prominence and have a little less intersections. And then you're gonna, so which, which letter is gonna have the most intersections and they're gonna be going well I'm the victim of everything, and so you're going to have to bow down to me. And so then, again, we are in dialectical tension. We're going to be at war the whole time. And so the the alphabet's not going to save you. Uh, bowing down to the alphabet's only going to lead to absolute destruction, which then again goes into Romans 118 through 32. We can't say it uh, much more. Um, this is <laughs> this is why we do the, the apologetic the way we do. But they know God. They've rejected God. So God has thrown judgment on them by darkening their minds. He's handed them over to their desires, There to disgraceful passions, uh uh, their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. The men, in the same way, also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in, in in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty for their error. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. They are filled with unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice, and they are god. Gossips, slanders, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, senseless, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Although they know God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them this is judgment and so again this comes down to god is judging our nation he's judging um nations that that are going that way and letting this stuff happen and sanctioning it to happen and again we have a church service q a in our schools about it so judgment is coming what are you going to do about it
1: here is in my mind the most important thing of playing these two videos as we kind of begin to, to wrap up this episode, mm-hmm. here's what I want to provide as four ways to respond to this type of mentality. Yeah. Number one, when you hear of these types of things, you need to engage the principal and you need to engage the, um, engage your school board. You need to demonstrate that this is a worldview, this is a religion. Mm-hmm. So engage them, but demonstrate that this is a religion. How would we define this as a religion? Number one, it provides a definition of man. Number two, it defines a type of reconciliation. or a,
0: divine sin. So there's a, there's, sin. yeah, you have there's man, a, yeah, you I'm have sin. Forward. Yeah. And then you have redemption. Yes, and it's how to be saved through it. This
1: is a religion.
0: And then there's an eschatology.
1: Number three, (laughs) you make sure that the standards are equal. If they're going to be allowed to provide opportunities to perpetuate their religion, then you should be able to have those same pieces of uh, engagement. And number Mm -hmm. four, this is actually really number one, be preparing your children. Be preparing your children for this type of mentality and no longer adopt the idea of, well, this is just someone's opinion. This is just a movement. No, this is a religion. Why? Because they're defining man. They're defining the brokenness of man, and they're defining reconciliation,
0: right? Yeah, It's one of the things they're, that we've got to recognize. Um, what do we call in the 1800s what happened with churches? And what we call oh, the Restoration movement religious right it was you know it was it was it was a religious movement and the thing is because we're connecting this with the scientific veneer they're saying well no science and religion the presupposition is that science and religion got a little thing between them you know there's there's no connecting science and religion right Um, so if you talk scientifically then it's not religious and so since they are using science, which it's like Freud, which used a scientific veneer to explain his mother issues and his own problems and project him on everybody else, because <laughs> he didn't, he had problems with his mom. Then we all have problems with our mom, which made him feel better about himself, at least, uh, you know, that's, that's what's going on. It's not science. It's, it, it, it is religion. But the thing is, is you're going to find out you have to have, you have pre-commitments, you have a worldview, a network of presuppositions that before you even get out of bed in the morning or else you wouldn't even step foot out of bed. Why are you even in the bed? What is the bed? Um, you know, we can get into the, you know, you can say, well, you're just being ultra philosophical. and all. That. So no, no, we have to really think about these things, especially we're going to force this on people and that's what's happening.
1: Keep calling out the totalitarian yeah. mindset of these individuals. By that, I mean they want total control. It is our way or nothing. You can see that in the first video. That lady is an evangelist for this position. That lady is not only an evangelist, she's a revivalist for this position. And this lady is likewise an evangelist within the school for this worldview, for this cultic religious mentality.
0: Yeah. So yep. I know I had some other
1: so, little videos, but man. I think we've kind of nailed yeah, we'll, it. We'll, with yeah, we'll, uh,
0: other things will come up and we'll be talking about it again. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, and so you can go back in the catalog. And I know the you know the, as I was saying before, we started recording, you know, we talked about just the idea of uh, you know, basically the uh, science TM whatever is out there because they have uh, just trashed Um, And they're keep on trying to hit their head with a hammer for agnosia to try to forget God. Um, They're they're in a moment where it's like, well, no, we can't change this out here to match what's in here. Right. So we can't we can't basically are going like We can't get people's insides to match their outsides. Mm -hmm. And this doctor admitted that. So that's not what we're doing. We're not we're not trying to go in because psychology is godless. There's no meaning or anything, just moral, moral relativism and all that kind of stuff. You you know, we're not going to utilize the gospel. We're not going to give the law. We're not going to give the gospel. And so, no, you're not going to change hearts to match reality. Yes. Right. What's outside. So now we've got to make outside match what is feeling inside. And this was admitted by a doctor. And so you can go back and I'd have to find the episode, but we, I remember playing the video. So it wasn't us just uh, reinterpreting it or anything. We played the video, we got the quotes, it's there, right? So you can go back. So we've talked about this before. We'll talk about this again. If you guys have any sort of questions, um, uh, any, I know we've got resources that we could uh, pull out or whatever. So if, you know, if you need any help to talk about that, I know we had Andrew Walker on the show. He wrote a book called God and the transgenderism debate and um, that can help you, but please, uh, just, you know, This is, we shouldn't be uh, um, like, I guess a lot of people are shocked by things, you know, like we of all Christians should read our Bibles and know the depths of depravity. Um, It's been, it's been revealed. God has already let us know. Again, we already have everything. So we shouldn't be shocked. And so that gives our composure. We're not shocked. So again, um, you know, some people might be like, well, you're not offended. You're not mad. It's like, well, no, no, I know what's going on. I, and so it's not that I approve or anything and I'm not going to approve and I'm not going to help. I'm just not shocked because I know what the condition of man is. And then you can approach and then go and do these things. So, you know, uh, don't be afraid to talk. If your kids come home and talk about talk about like you need to be the one God has given you kids. He's given you authority. He's given you his word. He has indwelt you with his spirit. So go teach your kids in a gentle and lowly way um, and, and do it where they can they can take it and then teach them again not to react because there's the reaction that we don't want which is kids stoning kids in the playground right Mm -hmm. we that's that's the that's what they're screaming about that's why they say christianity isn't true is because we have done that so we have to accept that in history we have reacted wrongly
1: yes
0: and we need to teach the kids okay this is what you do don't sit there and just like no you shouldn't be shocked we all sin, we all sin differently, and it's getting and our sins are getting worse and worse as we have deposed God out of the conversation and every realm, it's gonna do that. We're not shocked about it, but here's how you can approach and um, love an enemy by giving them the gospel. And teach your kids what the gospel is. I mean, the reason why we're having problems as a Christian is because we don't even know what we believe and why we believe it. So mm-hmm. it all comes down to um, personal apologetics, teach the gospel to yourself, um, go to church, write worship, um, be underneath the submission of uh, and then submission to an eldership of people of elders that teach the Bible, expound the Bible, um, be washed in the word and then yes. have a community to help get that word into you and, and apply that word together in the one another's to then be able to go out and uh, do these things and teach your kids to do these things. So, you know,
1: that's See, the most yeah. hateful thing that we could do in both of those videos cases is to go along with their delusion.
0: Yeah, or even if, shelter, and shelter and just uh, you know separate ourselves and just yeah, let them like know. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. exist, yeah. And people
1: aren't like that. Uh, right yeah. on, brother. Mm-hmm. That is is so important. But we have an ultimate standard for understanding what human flourishing is. Human flourishing yeah. is not butchering your body and forcing other people to accept the label that you've given yourself. Yeah. Human flourishing is living according to God's purposes. And flourishing as God has given us dominion over the earth. This is a key piece. You need to be engaging your children from the very beginning with the reality that there are going to be people who are going to try to force this on them. How do you respond to those individuals?
0: Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. So, but that's a good question. And uh, I think we've answered it pretty all right. Anyway, but so. yeah, continue, continue to uh, read your scriptures, get into them. But uh, thank you guys uh, for listening and liking the podcast. But if you haven't yet, please uh, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. If you're watching this, if uh, you're on the podcast, uh, whatever podcast app, if you haven't yet, please uh, send us a rating, get this uh, message out anyway um you know we would love we, more ratings yeah, on the yeah, podcast yeah. i think
1: we've only really had like 36 on itunes for like a year and a half now
0: yeah so, and it's uh, yeah and it's one it of those things like we get more yeah ratings. it gets gets us in these uh, you know if you like this podcast hey you might like this you know it's presupposition you know whatever i'm um, just uh, it helps us uh, get our message out more and just puts more out there for people to hear so um i think i've got to end this podcast because my dog is behind me hitting the water bowl <laughs> anyway saying hey you need to get me some water so you better into this podcast. So, anyway, with that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I am Ray Ray.
1: And I am David Dabber.
0: And sorry. Gloria. Gloria.